June 23rd, you will find a locked door. Because we're going to the uh, the Ogdens for the 20th anniversary party. Isn't that awesome? 20, year, 20 years. So, um... You guys like this. Um, yeah, so check your guys' email. You, like, RSVP. How many of you have ever thrown a party and hardly anybody RSVP'd and it was annoying? Yes. <laughs> okay, for the rest of you, RSVP. Fantastic. Okay, fantastic. Um, you know, in some nations now, the Christian church actually, like, considers, like, RSVPing, like, a sign of your, like, actual, like, union with Christ. Huh. Like, really, like, Northern Europeans, they're like, if they don't RSVP, then they don't have honor. It's like really funny. Whereas here we're like, whatever, we're California. But RSVP, please, RSVP, let them know that you're coming so they know because it's going to be catered. And they, they have no idea how many people are actually planning on attending. And my hope is, is that every person that, that goes to Kairos will attend. That's my hope. Um, if you know anybody that comes to Kairos that hasn't been in a while, give them a call. Amen? Amen. Fantastic. Okay. A couple things. I actually put some of these epic times on the actual uh, seats this time. This issue is really awesome. If you ever want some positive news about our president and the government and what's actually happening, epic times. Right. Okay. It's free. Usually it's two or three dollars, but it's free here because I called the editor and they're totally down to give our church free copies. Um, Donald Trump uh, just uh, two weeks ago actually t called the Epic Times the most reputable newspaper in the United States. <laughs> That's kind of amazing. Um, they're, uh, they're actually starting their own TV channel soon. There's all sorts of stuff happening. They're getting major support recently, which is incredible. And they're giving us a stack each week for our church. It's amazing. So, um, <clears throat> and if you aren't ever involved with the news or whatever, and all you hear is like from your friends, I'd highly recommend getting a balanced perspective from the Epic Times. Okay, there's my Epic Times uh, commercial. Uh, next, raise your hand if this is your home church. Woo! Right? <laughs> Amen. Okay, if this is your home church, a couple things. Number one, if you aren't involved with kids' ministry, you're about to be. I'm serious. You think I'm kidding. If you are not involved with kids', kids ministry, you're about to be. Unless you have a sex... Fe felony in your past on a piece of paper you are going to be involved with kids I will highly motivate you and I have others that will as well because check this out in this humble beginnings of our church we look like every other church in some respects one of them we can push off the table violently is that 10% do all the serving already we have about 30 to 40% of our church that actually serve which is amazing but our destiny as a church, I know this because God has spoken to me. I know this for a fact, that we are going to be a kid's church. I know this. At least a, a gigantic chunk of our identity as a church will be having children learn how to function and operate in their roles, gifts, and calls now instead of waiting until they're in their 20s. Amen. But here's the deal. That means that us, right now, we have prophetic pillars that we can be right now, oracles to what our church will be. How many of you ever heard, if, if you're not faithful with little, you will not be faithful with much? Anybody ever heard that scripture? A lot of times it's, it's, that's used in terms of uh, money, but it's true. I know many people who don't give, didn't give when they had a little, and now they have a lot and they still don't give. But they said, well, when I have a lot, then I'll give. But how many of you know, however much money you have, you never think it's a lot? <laughs> William Warren Buffett doesn't think he has a lot of money because that's the nature of it. Because you, it, it, the, the human tendency is to move the, the room of your life to fill the new perspective of money that you have now and all of a sudden you could go higher. Give of yourself now. Some of you, I'm going to say this, I'm going to prophesy. Some of you that are intimidated by watching kids or think, ah, oh, whatever, man, whatever that is, you were actually prophetically designed of the Lord to speak into and equip children. You are. How on earth would you know how to do that? Or would you even know that? Unless. If you're waiting for the angel Gabriel to show up at your bed, he might not. Just saying. You might not. I mean, he might. 
But I'm just saying. <laughs> but if you're waiting for that in order to like to get permission to somehow walk into a possible call. Because I know that there are some people in Kairos that are actually called to do this. I know that. God has spoken to me about that as well. And others, he's spoken to others about this as well. So you guys, children is on the menu. They just are. It's one of those things. Highly recommend learning about that now too. So you don't have to wonder how to raise kids or have any, that you don't know anything at all when you have your own. Wouldn't that be amazing? You could just, you, you have this training ground right now. It's incredible how that works. You can just learn about kids right now just by once every, if every, if every single person, even in fact, if half of Kairos signed up for kids ministry, that all y'all would only have to do kids ministry about once every seven to eight weeks. Just saying. So right now, it's not like we're hurting. We have enough teams to, so that once a week, we only have, we have kids. We only have each person. How do I do the math here? Once a month. Once a month. Everybody does kids once a month already. And, and we have kind of like a bare bones crew. I mean, I wouldn't call it bare bones, but we have, we have a, a solid crew. I would, you guys personally, I would rather have too many people watching kids than too little. Wouldn't you? Yeah. Great. Every one of you said yes. Amen. So yeah, sign up if you haven't. Okay. It's uh, all the people that do kids. Yes. <laughs> um, that would be my hope. Um, I actually want to hand you something prophetic that I believe that God has actually handed me about kids. I'm actually going to record this one. I believe it's on the menu for Kairos in the future that every single person under the age of 18 would have three different adults in Kairos mentoring them and spending time with them. And about every two to three months, all three of those adults would get together and take that one kid somewhere. As a church model. And obviously the parents have a say in that. Like, no, that dude's weird. Okay, great. You know, you know, it's like, eh, I don't know about that guy. Um, um, but, but here's the deal. Wouldn't, wouldn't you be, okay, how many of you at one time were under the age of 16? Exactly. Wouldn't you have been so stoked? I was waiting for not a hand to go up. I, was just, I would have called that person out like that. Okay, so how many, I want you to remember back when you were 13, 14. I want you to remember that. Some of you only had to remember a couple years. Okay. Okay. So listen, remember when you were 13 and 14. I want you to remember how you thought. I want you you to all think about this for a second. In fact, some of you are looking at something else. Just think about this for a second. You were 13 and 14 years old. What were you doing when you were 13 and 14? Wouldn't it have been amazing if you went to a a spirit-filled, kingdom-oriented church where heaven was regularly being studied even? In the spirit. And you had three adults that were regularly in your life speaking into you who you are. This isn't like prophetic, like giving you prophetic direction. And then every three months or so, you're riding roller coasters or something with all three of them. And they're all friends. I mean, can you even wrap your head around how amazing that would be? How many of you want to take part in that eventually? Right? Okay. Check this out. You can't do that unless you're working kids. I'm serious. Start. Start now. Get, how old is Gabriel? What, two or three? Three. He's three. He's got, he's got like ten years. You guys, how many... Okay, now, now this is another raise your hand. How many of you know people that are over the age of 18 that you knew when they were kids? And you spoke into their lives. And you spoke into their lives. As adults. Okay. Guys, like I have, when when Katie and I did Rock and Warriors, we started that class at the Rock of Roseville. We had like ten and eleven year olds in that class, and we just spoke into them for like a year or two. There's ones that have fallen away from the Lord, even that when they see me in public, they are full sprint town toward me. <laughs> Run! I'm like, what's up? I'm giving up. I'm like, how are you doing there, dude? Oh my goodness! And they just start opening up their lives. I have an instantaneous path into their life. You guys, this is. This is the glory of working with children. You make an impact. I used to do this a long time ago. I'm going to do this right now. Heck with it. I'm just going to do it right now. I'm still in commercial mode, but this is a really good commercial. I want every one of you to close your eyes. Close your eyes. I'm going to call you out if you don't. Yeah, close your eyes. Now what I want you to do is I want you to remember the one person that you remember when you were a child that you remember the most, that affected you the most in a positive. Be a teacher could be a counselor, could have been somebody in your church, could have been somebody in your family, an adult when you were a little kid 
that affected you the best. I want you to get them in your mind. Don't open your eyes yet. I want you to get them. I want you to picture them in your mind. I want you to think about think about them for a second. That why do they stick out in your mind? I want you to answer that question now. Just just think about that for a second. What did they do? What did they do different than everybody else? And I want you to, to get it almost on your lips. What did they do differently than everybody else? I want you to be able to get that into a sentence. We're almost done here. Think about that person and get it into one sentence in your head, what they did differently than everybody else and why it made such a difference to you. You got that? Raise your hand if you got that. No. Okay, now open your eyes. That sentence is what you are called to do for children. I want you to think about that for a second. That sentence is what you are called by God to do for the children. Okay? So if you need any prophetic direction on that, you just got it. Hallelujah, that was free? Okay, fantastic. Free prophetic direction on how you are going to minister to children. Amen. All right. Okay, one second. Prophetic children's ministry. (laughs) If any of you need that later, you just let me know. Encouragement. All right, was that good? Yeah. Fantastic. All right. Now I'm actually going to get to my message, amen? Amen. Amen. I'm sorry, one more little commercial. Believe it or not, this is short. Grab some Kairos cards. Pass them out to people. You know we have something awesome. We're this like hidden cave. We're like Elijah in the cave, but we ain't scared. And all of a sudden, like, there's this amazing thing that's happening every Saturday. Like, what's going on? You know people that want to be in this room. Mm. You do. Yeah. I'm not trying to like, okay, we got to get this thing packed out, man. What? No, we have something awesome. Let's share it. Okay? There's good motivations for getting people in this room. Some of y'all need to get cured of the cynical accusations that the body of Christ has brought against the body of Christ. It's okay to invite someone to your church if it's amazing. It's good enough for you, right? Yeah. Okay. You don't have some secret. It's like a, it's like, it's a, you know what I'm saying? Go tell people we're crying out loud. Okay, that's it. Okay. Now I'm going to get to the message. I'm going to pray. Okay. Lord Jesus. Oh, you are so incredible. You know exactly what you're doing at any given moment. You are, oh my goodness, you are so involved in our life. You are so involved in our lives. And so God, I ask right now that you would just reach down into the very deepest, most secret places of who we are. You'd get to our motivations. You'd get to those things the very core of who we are and how we respond to you. You open that up and you cure us of these things. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so here's the deal. I'm going to be talking about introspection today. And I actually made notes. What is going on? Okay, yeah, exactly, exactly. How did that even happen? Okay. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to have any of you with iPhones to turn on your AirDrop. We're about to get super technical here. Cool. If you don't know how to do that, I'm going to tell you how to do it. If you know how to do it, just be quiet. If you got an iPhone, great. Swipe up to your menu. There it is. Swipe up to your menu. um, And then hold that green button. There's a green button there, so hold your finger down on it. Don't press it. Hold your finger down on it until something changes. Boom. Airdrop down bottom left. Press that button. All right. Hi, Mary Poppins. That's freaking adorable. Okay. Yep. Yeah. It's coming to all of you. It's slowly coming. All right. Did you get it? Okay. That, these are the notes coming to you. Everyone. Press everyone. Okay. The little foxes that spoil the money. Yeah. You guys don't read ahead, please. Oh. For the love of God. Okay. <laughs> Okay, isn't this amazing? Yes. Uh, All right, here we go. We, we're come on, Ryan. What? Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, Nick and Ruth, you get yours yet? No. Okay, it's coming. Nicole, it's coming to you. 
It's okay. It's coming. It's coming. Yeah, it's coming. Yeah. It's coming. It's coming right now. It's coming. Okay, you guys, you ready? Okay. Y'all got them now, right? Yeah. Look at that. You see that? The digital age. What? You didn't get it. I think iPhones only. I think I don't know how to do that. Yeah, I remember you told me about that. Nick, it says you're still waiting. No, no, I'm up. It says it's waiting. I agree with you. Great, hey man, I'm glad you got it. Because he talked about things no one else talked about. Okay, guys, the rest of you get next to somebody with an iPhone. Okay. Okay, you guys ready? That's you. I actually took notes. God gave me this this morning. This has been on my heart for like five years. I've had language for it for about six months. And it's really been on my heart the last six weeks. And then this morning it just blew up. Yes. Okay. All right. Don't read ahead, please. Okay, don't read ahead. Hallelujah. Okay. As we are pursued... I'm going to start right now. I'm starting. Introspection. It's not a good thing. That's a hint. As we are pursued romantically by our heavenly bridegroom, Jesus, he is so faithful to run with us in the vineyards of our hearts, catching the little foxes that spoil the vine. That's actually from, I wasn't just getting all poetic, that's from the Song of Solomon. Okay. From bitterness to unforgiveness to cold, protective lovelessness, the little foxes are Jesus' favorite hunt. And his favorite hunting friend while roaming the thickets and wilds of our own heart in pursuit of these little foxes is us. Hmm. All right. One of these little foxes, sure to spoil the vine, is introspection. Though its promises and companionship are believable alternatives to the side-by-side walk with Jesus, it is as vile a foe as bitterness and apathy in its defiling and deceiving call. Let us cut its head off, shall we? Amen. <laughs> All right. Dang. Here is the deceit of introspection. I'm going to preach on some of these. Introspection robs joy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, now what is introspection? Some of you will quote scriptures to me. Search thine heart. You know, these things. That's not what we're talking about. By the end of this, you're going to know the difference, okay? I'm not talking about, like, well, what's in here? Like, God, like, like, okay, you've shown me something, and now I'm with you in the process, and we're walking this out together. That's not introspection. Introspection, as we will come to see, is when you've actually turned away from him and turned inward, and then you wonder why you're so confused and isolated. That's introspection. My prayer is that we will be cured of that by tonight. Amen. Yeah. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Yes, okay. Your introspection robs joy. Raise your hand if you know already you deal with this already. This is like an issue in your life. Okay? Yeah, most of us. Because this is a deceptive foe and it's never talked about. Okay. If you've ever dealt with being a lone wolf, that's me. Introspection is like, it's like you swim in it every day. It's like this thing. This, this is the back door. This is that thing that is never talked about. And it's actually seen as like a strength. Introspection. Uh, Bill Johnson actually puts introspection on par with rebellion and bitterness and apathy. And it is. Very much so. I love it. God was actually talking to me about introspection a while ago. And then all of a sudden, Bill Johnson, like, went off for, like, 15 minutes on him. Like, thank you. Um, Yeah. I don't know if you know this, but for about a good year and a half, the messages that were preached at, at, at maybe even two years, that were preached at Kairos, Bill Johnson would preach it the weekend after. I'm like, like, Jesus, thank you. (laughs) And here's why I say thank you. I mean, I, I, I appreciate Bill Johnson. I actually very much respect the man. He's got like a deep well. Mm-hmm. If you're not listening to Bill Johnson, I highly recommend it, Expe- especially 2015, 2016. I mean, it's still amazing today, for crying out loud. Sometimes he'll go so far that half the room is like, Bill, I don't know where you went. Um, but 2015, 2016, Bill Johnson sermons, please, please, you're going to get so much foundational kingdom. 2015, 2016, Bill Johnson sermons at Bethel. Cannot recommend that enough. 
Okay. Introspection robs our joy. Uh, you know this. Most of us, you've, you've even seen it. You're wondering, where did my joy go? It went into your self-focus and got eaten alive. That's where it went. Dang. <laughs> Introspection diverts our attention from Jesus himself. You don't even realize it, but you've gone into principles about Jesus and not him. Dang. And introspection will actually say, no, 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 this is still him. But it's saying him, not you. If you know you're with Jesus, you say you. The second you're using an external word, it will tell you where you are in your thought process. No, this is still about him. Is Jesus not there anymore? You're not talking to him anymore? Mm. That's the point. That's what I'm saying. Mm. Okay. Makes sense. Introspection is a counterfeit of spirit-led searching. <laughs> we will get to that later. Dang. Introspection is friends with condemnation. Yeah. There's a couple things I want to divert here a little bit. If any of you have ever dealt with porn like crazy, or just lust in general, there's a connection with jacked up sleeping schedules, especially being awake more at night and that. I'm not saying that you, you, you stay up late, you deal with porn. I'm saying if you're dealing with porn, that fights it, like fights helping. That's what I'm saying. It, this is all across the board. I've, I've known so many people that have struggled with this over the course of 20 years. And I will tell you, the ones that have the most erratic or late sleeping schedules while dealing with that are the ones plagued with it the most. That's what I've seen. Dang. And another thing that plays into this is that introspective isolated inward thinking thing it just because it feeds condemnation they're friends mm -hmm. and condemnation and shame is what makes you go back again and again to medicate the very tensions in your heart because you're dealing with a foreign foe that was never supposed to be in the human heart shame and condemnation and so because it's already outside of the kingdom you guys this is gold right here it's already outside the kingdom shame and condemnation was never supposed to be in your heart your heart doesn't know how to deal with it. The temptation is then to then go into something else outside of the kingdom to medicate that feeling. Mm. And this is why you being guiltless destroys the power of sin. Yeah. Because yeah. when you know you have no reason for shame and condemnation, the shame and condemnation is actually your flesh's lawyer trying to keep your sin alive. Yeah. That's when you realize that instead of showing, all right, you know, I got to get my ducks in a row, A game, pick myself up the bootstraps. Every time you sin, you go right back. But the minute you're like, okay, like the second, you know what Satan does. You sin and you come to your right mind. Yeah. He's the worst friend ever, Satan. Yeah. Come on, man, press the red button. Press the red button. It's right here. It's right here. Press it. Press it. Press the red button. Do it. Do it. Hey, hey, man, look shiny. Press it. Press it. You press it. Press that. Yeah. That's that guy. The minute you finally give in to sin, then he's like, oh, oh my goodness, look how horrible you are. And it's the same guy, though, before. Come on, do it. Do it. Come on. Get on <laughs> and this is the power the power of sin was broken uh huh yeah because when you know you're forgiven you're guiltless if you're guiltless shame and condemnation is an invader right it's mm -hmm. trespassing mm -hmm. <laughs> good mm -hmm. alright introspection endeavors to isolate us yeah. every mm -hmm. time every time you guys, by the end of this, you will not be able to make a case internally that introspection is okay. Trust me on this one. In fact, that's coming up really soon. Introspection feeds on self-righteousness. I'll give you some quotes. They're underneath. I need to figure this out or I'll be accused again by people or demons. It doesn't matter. I can master this one issue and then all my other issues will become irrelevant. Trying to expedite somehow like the workings of God in the heart without God. That's what that actually was. Okay. Once I eliminate this sin in my life, I will be ready for ministry. <laughs> Introspection subtly accuses God in innumerable ways to fit each situation. Listen to this. If you really, this is to God, if you really loved me, you would take these desires away. Haywire? Okay, thank you. And you can just listen until you get it back. Okay. 
So, introspection subtly accuses God in innumerable ways to fit each situation. If you really loved me, you would take these desires away. The majority of people that I know that say things like that learned how to manipulate their parents when they were young, or their parents trained them to manipulate them when they were young. And now they think they can manipulate God. They're usually the ones that manipulate themselves first and try to control those around them. It's usually the same folks that say that. Here's another one. Why did you make me like this? To God. Mm. Just like Adam, the woman you gave me, she picked the fruit. That woman you gave me, it's, it's actually your fault that we rebelled. It's your fault. And here's another one. I can't do this with you because you are taking so long. <laughs> With, with God, like, I can't do this with you because you're taking too long. I'm trying to be perfect here, okay, God? Like, I'm going to be on my own. I'm going to do it. You see what I'm saying? Okay. Here's another one. No one can see what you have shown me, so you've made me a victim. Ouch. Okay, yeah. And here's the last one. You won't send help. So I have to do this without you. Mm. Can you see these? Yeah. Can you see how introspection is all up in this? You're alone. You're just thinking all deep. And you're like, you basically, you're, you're Elijah in the cave. It's like, God's like, what are you doing in here, man? And then you start giving him like he needs information. Yeah. Well, this, this queen and, and this thing's happening. And, and I'm the only prophet loved. <laughs> And then God shows up later and he's all, hey man, what are you doing in here? Again, same exact question. And then Elijah tells him the same thing. Like somehow God just didn't hear him or like <laughs> something like that. And then God is like, oh man, okay, well, uh, I've actually uh, set aside 7,000 like you for, for myself. Not really for you, for myself. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to hand your mantle now to Elisha. <laughs> And it wasn't, it wasn't a condemning thing because he took Elijah up to heaven. Mm-hmm. It was just that Elijah had given up. Or in the very least, he had hobbled himself with introspection. It wasn't, a, it wasn't a, um, a, 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 um, an acceptance issue. It was that Elijah had moved outside of what his call asked for. And he had to give it to Elisha. And Elijah was told by God that God was going to take him up. And the prophets, the other prophets showed up and they were like, hey, like to Elisha, the Lord's going to take up your master today. Like, it's like, they're all just like, why are you even saying that? Like, he already knows. Like, what are we even talking about? Anyway, this is a really slippery little thing, introspection. Introspection always ends, always ends in less clarity, more confusion, and more law. (laughs) Dang. Always. Yeah. But it masquerades as more clarity, less confusion, and less law. We all know this. How many of you know super legalistic people and all they talk about is how they hate legalism? <laughs> or, and I will say this in, in, partially, I don't mean as, as who they are and, and identity, but there are what I would call useless Christians. I don't mean worthless, I mean useless. Because they're so focused on the problems in the church, they do nothing to help it. Mm-hmm. Like... Have you ever had somebody living with you and all they can tell you is negatives constantly? Yeah. That's all they can do. Think of what you're doing wrong. Think of how you can do it better. Think about all this different stuff. All they got for you is negatives. What are they doing? Wouldn't it be amazing if, if they flipped it and they were actually just building you up every moment? They'd probably see way better results. And so this is what introspection leads us into. You know those lone wolves? They're like never a part of the congregation. They're, they, they have like one or two friends and all they're usually talking about is problems. If that's you or that used to be you, you know that you can be tempted toward that. But that's not what God's doing. He yeah. just isn't. And I do want to say one more thing before we get into the false promises of introspection and then the cure. Yeah. I want to say this. <clears throat> yeah. That, um... Huh. God gave me this revelation three weeks ago talking to Caleb. We were talking about somebody else that we desperately love. You guys, I need you to hear this. This is so important. I know at least three of you in this room need to hear this, but probably all of us need to hear this. I will say this changed my life. 
um, as far as how I will counsel, how I love people, how I restore people, and how I challenge people. This is huge. If you can get this, oh my goodness, huge. You are so cute. <laughs> no, it's just cute. I mean, kind of, but it, it's okay. Oh. In a good way. It, it's a cute way. It's not like a bad, okay. Yeah. And so all of a sudden you're like, oh, okay. So, um, yeah, cuteness aggression. Just want to chew on them. I mean, cuteness aggression. You just want to chew on things yeah. that are cute. It's a real thing. It's a total real thing. It's amazing. Yeah. Really? Yes. Yes. I'm warning you. Some of you that have children, you already know this, but I will chew on your kids. And it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Until eventually one day they're like, come on it out. And then I'm like, okay, I can't chew on them. But until then. Yeah. Some of your kids, even when they're like 10, I'm just going to grab their arm and just be like. I'm not even going to look at them. I'm just going to be like, come here. I don't look You know. Anyway. Oh, God. So that, that wasn't, that wasn't the, the magical uh, thing I was going to hand you. Okay. It's this. Okay. Wow. This is really big, you guys. There are some people, okay, this is a generational thing, but it's really a human thing, but young people, for you, uh, I want you older folks to listen to what I'm telling the, the young people, this has to do with you, okay? Young people, I'm like over here, there's some over there, but you know, young people, okay. Um, <clears throat> have you noticed that the older generation, sometimes in the, in the, the desire to love you and to help you quell your zeal? You yeah. That? Have you noticed that when you, you say, hey, you know what? Like, because you, you can actually see the truth of what they're saying, but you want to own that truth for yourself, which yeah. means you know it takes experience, right? Yeah. Okay. Older generation, some of you forgot that. Yeah. Just want to say that. It's okay if the younger generation gets hurt like you did. It's okay. Your job is not to protect people from getting hurt. Your job is to lead them into all truth and righteousness. Mm. So good. Did we get that? Man. Mothers, listen to me. <laughs> Future mothers, listen to me. Your primary role is not to prevent hurt at all costs. Your primary role is to, in the moment, love. In the moment, meet the need. Mothers, that's, that's your job. And you will let desire and love, even love that even overtakes your senses, lead that. <clears throat> Mothers, your job, every one of you is a good mother. You know how I know that? Because when an opportunity for goodness shows up, you are immediately there. When you are motivated by, by love, you are immediately there. Megan Jeffrey. Just, just in case you, you know, needed to hear that. Okay. I mean, everybody, but, um, you know, just wanted to throw a spear. Okay. Mothers. The temptation is to then take that protective mode from heaven. And, ha and like, the temptation is, is to remove the covering of heaven and put your own. And then begin to hinder your children from following God in dangerous ways that you yourself have in your own heart. That they got from you. Because they could be hurt. It's because you don't want to feel what that would feel like if they were hurt. Ow. But it's true. It's true. All of you, mothers, soon to be mothers, or eventually going to be mothers. You know what it felt like to have someone older than you want to protect you and illegalize what God was saying to you. Hmm. It's not love to do. It's affection to do. It's actually fear of being hurt. They loved you so much, they couldn't bear to see something happen to you. Some of you actually heard those, those words. I couldn't bear to see something happen to you. At that moment, they're actually protecting themselves and not loving you. May you be cured of that. Yeah. Amen. Fathers. <laughs> Fathers. Okay, fathers and mothers for a second. I'll get to the fathers in a second. This is actually a commercial. Believe it or not, this is a commercial too before saying what I actually was going to say. This is actually the preempt to the actual potent thing I was going to say. Fathers. You guys, I'm pregnant. I've only preached like once in like eight weeks, okay? So I'm like, I'm ready, all right? So, um, man, fathers and mothers, but fathers, I want you to hear this. Across the planet, 
when people are led to Jesus, how they see people they got from how they interacted with their parents, specifically their mother, and how they approach God is how they see their father. Until they're cured, however you see your dad, you usually approach God the same way. And how you see your mother, you usually approach people the same way. Hmm. Take store for a second. Think about that. Is God distant? Is God rarely there? Or is God like, just climb in my lap, you can tell me anything? Usually we put that filter on there. This is cross-cultural, cross-denominational, cross-gender. Doesn't matter. When we lead people to Jesus and we mentor them and disciple them, we see this over time. That how they approach God is usually run through a filter of how they see their own earthly father. Fathers, future fathers, soon-to-be fathers. Your role is primarily through the lens of, of teaching your children how to receive from and understand the heart of the Heavenly Father. It's your role. And most of the time, most of the time, you can tell when somebody hasn't been mothered, they deal with bitterness. When someone has an anger. Hold on, wait. Backwards. Can I go backwards for a second? I'm sorry. When someone has been overly mothered. <laughs> when someone has been overly mothered and not fathered, they deal with bitterness and anger, and they don't like to be told what to do. They don't like to be told to do something they don't like to do because they never had to. Because they were overly mothered and not fathered. If you were overly mothered and not fathered, I'm going to speak to your spirit right now and say this. Unless you've been cured of this already, most likely you, the things you like to do, you do very well. And the things you don't like to do, you hardly do at all. Or try to get out of it. Try to defer it. Dang. Some people are like, oh, okay. <laughs> now I'm going to flip it. Those of you that were overly fathered and not mothered, this gets interesting. You tend to see the solution before other people. You tend to want to make things better on a regular basis. Sometimes... I'm just going to speak to your spirit. If this has already been healed, fantastic. Emotions take a back seat to what's true, even at your own detriment. Even at your own invitation to connect on deeper levels with other people. Emotions turned into things that happened. How do you feel? Well, today we did this, this, this. That's not how you feel. That's what happened. That's a very common answer to people that were overly fathered and not mothered. How do you feel? Well, this happened. Okay. This is for a sober-minded reality for all of you parents or future parents. You need both. Yeah. This is why we take so seriously marriage. I was asked the other day, hey, do you marry people? I'm like, I'm freaking picky. (laughs) I am. If I'm not impressed and overjoyed to share how you are approaching this person toward marriage with other people to help them, I'm not going to marry you. I'm just telling you straight up. (laughs) Really. There's a reason for that. Because it's such a potent decision. There's some people that it's just obvious. Like you and Allie, it's freaking obvious. Seriously. Really. Really. (laughs) Really, right? (laughs) You guys, how many of you know that people argue when they're close together for a long time. Right? Okay, fantastic. All the, all the, all the married couples are like, okay. <laughs> you guys, you have, you, have, you have a person across from you that if you're a woman, they're masculinizing you to a certain degree and that's supposed to happen. And if you're a man, they're feminizing you and that's supposed to happen to a certain degree. And a lot of us is like, I'm losing myself. It's because you were probably overly fathered or overly mothered. Yeah. You know what I mean? Okay, so it's a little harder. This is actually why back in the day, people knew all this back in the day. Did you know this? This was like common information 
in public mm. back in like the 1700s, 1600s, 1500s, 1400s. And this is why they said don't marry under your station. This oh. is why. Because in the higher stations, they talked about this stuff. What I mean by station is like wealth. When you were educated, you learned about all this stuff. This is why they said, oh no, their parents are divorced. You don't want to marry them. Because what they're really saying is you don't want to have to deal with that on top of everything else marriage has. But nowadays, every movie is all about like, whatever, dude, that's total tradition, dude. It's all about love. Well, yeah, it's all about love. But these things are important too. It doesn't mean like don't marry somebody if their parents are divorced. How many marriages do we have in America left? One? Okay, but like, <laughs> but my point is, is that like, but it's good to know these things. It's good to know what you get into. This is why pre-marriage counseling. <laughs> it's not just like some legalistic thing like, okay, you need to be in a room six times before you're married. We don't know why. <laughs> Read five books. <laughs> what? No, it's like discerning on a prophetic level who you are and the things you will struggle with. And all these things, just you find some people that paid attention in life right. and to disciple you. Is that good? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because you guys, all seminary degree means is you're really good at memorizing information. Yeah. Maybe. Find people that paid attention to life that let God inform everything. Is that good? Yeah. All right. Wow, that was a commercial. But it's a good one. It's a good commercial. Yeah, that was a good commercial. That was a Super Bowl commercial. I know yeah, it was. Man. I know it was. That was free. All right. Now for the actual thing. That was just lead in. Okay, I'll just lead it. Amen. Now for the actual thing, and then I'm going to get back to the introspection and the false promises thereof, and then the cure. We're doing great. It's only 7.05. Okay, check this out. <laughs> we have a friend, and this friend was counseling Caleb. And this friend is older. Oh, you guys, I'm not hating on the older. You know, you know what I'm saying. Just <laughs> handing them the... Okay. All right. Um, because on the other end... Well, you know what? I'm, I'm going to do something for the older two, and then I'm going to get to the thing. It's important. The older, older, older. <laughs> You've tasted so many wisdom building experiences. So many times that God said, oh, here's the answer to that. Right? Hard one revelation. You're like, dude, I got to pour this into the young. Yes, you do. Please pour it into the young. Just don't rob what you wouldn't have been robbed of when you were young. It's okay to give them information. Even if they don't seem to take it, it's okay. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Just repeat it ever so often. But here's the pitfall. Because I'm 42, I know I'm not old, but they would think I'm old. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Sam was like, totally. Yeah. <laughs> Zach's like, limping down the... Okay, Zach's always messing with me. That's what I was saying. Okay, so, um, but I get him back. Mm, it's good. Yes. <laughs> Yesterday I called. I, I called that he had a Whoville uh, ponytail around the top. Okay, so um, so here's the deal. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you some context. An older, very close to Caleb and I both actually person, was giving Caleb some some counsel, counsel. But what they were doing is they were handing Caleb something out of their own experience, but it only probably had 30 percent commonality with what Caleb is going through, but they tried to make it all fit. I want to say something. Your hard-won revelations, for the young, this might be applicable to you. You'll know the truth of it, but you might not have the experience of it, which you know is much more potent. Yeah. Okay. You can read all day long what it's like to kiss your beloved. You see what I'm saying? Uh-huh. It's just different when you are. Okay. All right. Now. Yeah. Um... Alright. Was that good for the young? Like that? Yeah. All, all the olders are like. Okay. Um, okay. A lot of the times we found ourselves in crisis. We found ourselves in problems that we couldn't solve. And we found ourselves in environments or situations that we needed God to speak. But then we did this. But God. You can't touch this, you can't touch this, you can't touch this, you can't do this, and you can't say this. Help me. <laughs> and we aren't so close to remembering that. We fail to remember that thing when we're talking to them. Because God only gave us 50% of the revelation because we wouldn't let him give us 100%. And maybe what they're dealing with isn't exactly the things we told him he couldn't touch. Maybe that side is the side they're like, gimme, gimme, gimme. 
And you're like, no, you can't do this. You can't do this because you do this. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. And I know because God told me. Yeah, he told you through the bars of like all the different things you said he couldn't talk about. Is that good? Yeah. Yes. All right. It's good to remember. It's good to remember. And so what I'm trying to, what I'm doing, what you don't realize, or maybe you do, I'm building bridges right now through generations. So good. That's what I'm doing right now. I'm building bridges. It's very important. Okay? Young people, can I just encourage you with something? Yes, yes actually. I can just, I was, yes, literally, the word bridges, but I want to do some formal things right now. to the old, to the brothers, to the sisters, to the older brothers, to the older sisters, to the younger brothers, younger father figures, mother figures, and he's connecting the young to the old and the old to the young, and whatever age you think you're in, he's, he's informing how we're all connected and how to actually operate in that. So he's, he's giving a lot of information on how to operate as a family. So I just want to share that. It's good. It's good, right? It's good. Okay. Whoo. Okay, that was, the, that was a little heavy revy that I got. I'm just talking to, to Caleb, and that thing just came out of my mouth. I never thought that in my life. And I was like, well, you know, she's only probably giving you 60 or 50% of, the, of what God actually wanted to hand her then to you as the total. But it's not. And so for you guys, this is a little preemptive little thing. The more you're like, I don't want to talk about this. I don't want God to touch this. That's really hurting. I don't want to do this. But gimme, gimme, gimme then he will use whatever opening you give him. But it's not, it's not complete. And so you don't want to just hand your revelation that you got on someone else like, it's, like they're dealing with the same thing you're dealing with because they might be totally trusting God in areas you don't. Is that good? Yeah. All right. Fantastic. All right. All the way out. Coming back. The false promises of introspection. All right. All right, can you see even what I just said would tempt, could tempt you with introspection, or at least introspection would want to have its way? Yeah. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. Really. We're going to get to how to not do that in a second, all right? Practice. All right. The false promises of introspection. We're going to revisit these in a second in a really incredible way. You guys, God did this. I didn't do this this morning. God totally did this. All right. I only had to change certain words. It's, this is amazing. Okay. The false promises of introspection revive the soul, making one wise, mm. finding joy in the heart, enlightening the eyes, finding what is true, finding greater righteousness, preemptive warning, greater reward, discern our errors, and discover our hidden faults. Would you agree? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are the promises of introspection. <clears throat> Check this out. God's promises that expose introspection's idolatry. This is Psalms 19, 7 through 13. Check this out. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. (laughs) The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. (laughs) The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. Who can discern his errors? Declare me innocent from hidden faults. Keep back your servant also from introspection, from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me, and I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgression. Dang. Okay. So the promises of introspection, God's ways, actually are the cure. They're actually the entrance into those things. Introspection is an idol. It's idolatry. It's counterfeit that. It's counterfeit entering into his courts courts of praise. It's actually a counterfeit of actually trusting God and his ways. Leaning not on our understanding. Casting all our ways upon him as he cares for us. Right? God's promises now that expose... Oh, no, hold on. Wait, I'm sorry. Down a little bit. 
The cure for introspection. Psalm 16, 7 through 11. I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. Amen. Number one. And it says after that, in the night also my heart instructs me. But it's after that. Hmm. It's almost like I put it in parentheses just to make sure that it had the right. It says, I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. And in the night also my heart instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. And then in parentheses, I shall not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad. and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure. But why? I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. For you will not abandon my soul to hell or let your Holy One see corruption. And you guys, here's, here's literally the cure of introspection. You make known to me the paths of life. Yeah. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Yeah. That's, that, that's the cure. Uh. You guys, the moment when you think you're figuring things out, I want you to then let yourself talk about the Lord. And if you're saying He instead of you, you're already in introspection. Stay with him. Let him guide you into all righteousness. Let him be the one to expose your sin to yourself. Let him be the one that hands you the cure. Let him be the one that gets to you to realize there's no emergencies in the kingdom. You guys know exactly what I'm talking about. When you get close to somebody else and you start hurting them, you don't want to, but something in you starts hurting them. You're, you're cruel, you're mean, you're manipulative. Whatever it is, you have expectations, unspoken expectations, passive-aggressive, whatever. We can get all crazy, okay? When the person starts getting hurt enough that they start making it an emergency for us to change immediately, we sense something's off. Because we're not ready to go into those places yet. Maybe we're not strong enough yet. Maybe we haven't leveled up yet. Whatever that is, you know? Introspection is a demonic counterfeit to the joyfully trusting intimate exercise of Holy Spirit, I'm going to read this again highlighting the regions of my heart God himself is wanting to look at and talk about together with me I'm going to read it again introspection is a demonic counterfeit to the joyfully trusting intimate exercise of Holy Spirit highlighting the regions of my heart, God himself is wanting to look at and talk about together I am not alone. You are not alone. <laughs> now that's what we're going to do. I wrote some little notes here. I want I want to explore this a little bit and then we're going to do some uh, well, we're going to do some declaring cuz power of life and death is in the tongue. Yeah. yeah. You guys, when it comes to your desire to be righteous, you already are. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we're all in this Christianity thing together, right? Yeah. Okay. Just checking. Just checking. Just making sure. Okay. All right. Righteousness by faith. Is that true? Yes. Righteousness by faith, right? Yeah. Okay. Just making sure we're on the same page here. <laughs> okay. So um, what introspection says is you're not righteous enough. Who does that sound like? Satan. Self-righteousness. Yeah. Satan. Right. Yes. Yes. Did somebody say Lucifer? No, accuser. Accuser. Okay, I was going to say. That was his old name. It means light bringer. Never call him that. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, accuser. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. I think it was like syllables over each other. Yeah, okay. It, like, if you look at the very lies that introspecting give us, if introspection gives us, it's, it's the very lies of Satan. It's a bait. It's a trap. It's a trap. <laughs> Somebody the other day told me how cool it would have been in The Last Jedi. Don't get me started on The Last Jedi. I'm just going to say one thing. No, no, let's not talk about it. But there's one thing where it's like if Admiral Akbar instead of Purple Haired Lady was the one and she turned around the ship and then she'd get on the. It's a trap! And then like shot through and like blew up the, the, the whatever, the Death Star thing. That would have been so cool. It would have. For all of you guys that have no idea what I'm talking about, we'll eventually will. Okay. <laughs> Wouldn't that be so cool though if Admiral Akbar did that? It's a trap! 
<laughs> and then he blows up everything with a ship. <laughs> okay, anyway, because he said that. For all these you don't know what I'm talking about, he's this 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 alien guy. He was a really awesome guy, and he said that in the beginning or in the middle of a bar, of a battle in an earlier Star Wars movie. Okay, just giving you context. All right, fantastic. Admiral Akbar. Okay, so you guys, introspection's whole introspection's whole approach to you is a trap. There's never a reason for introspection. Can I give you permission to do something, though? Yeah. It's okay to look at the heart with God. Who holds your heart? Jesus. Who knows your heart more than you do? Jesus. Great. All right. So wouldn't it be a good idea to get the tour guide to go with you? Right? All right. The guy that built it, for crying out loud? Okay, let him be with you in the moment. That means that when you start like getting all these feelings, like, dude, I'm not good enough. I'm hurting all these people. I don't know what to do about this. Hold on, I see. I'm gonna do this right now. What is he saying in that situation? Because he's not saying that. Yeah. He just isn't. Yeah. Just to add something to that, I think a helpful question is just asking the Lord, Hey, Father, do we need to look at my heart right now? Mm-hmm. Just asking Him and let Him initiate that mm-hmm. instead of always assuming that oh, there's something wrong with my heart. It'll actually train real righteousness and have the certainty be in Christ and not our need to just feel okay. Yeah. And I would just prophetically declare that I think 99% of the time it's like, we don't need to look right. And, it, and it'll actually bring us outward and begin to see the way he's seen in such a way that that will be the very thing if there's something in our that will bring true conviction, light into whatever needs to have light for our so that it comes from a place where there is no condemnation, yeah. and that it's not a feeling that we're trying to justify, but he just gets to shine pure light on it. Absolutely. And remind us of his identity that he's given to us, mm-hmm. and not something that's lacking. Yeah. So, um, you know, a lot of us, without even realizing it sometimes, we approach the kingdom like it's principles, like it's this impersonal, inhuman thing. When in reality, Jesus is alive. He's in us. He operates through us. He's ever living to make intercession for us. He's seated with us in heaven. This is the reality. And a lot of times we approach this almost like it could be anything. Well, this could be Buddhism or Hinduism. We're just, we're just going to run on these principles for a while just because I'm going to associate myself with being a Christian. I don't think many of us in this room are doing that. I'm just saying, I'm just saying this can be the, 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 the checkout that, that we can sometimes go when we go into introspection. Like you guys, a lot of you call me. And I'm actually really glad you do. I'm not going to tell you it's overwhelming. No, no, no. Like, that was actually just this, like, that was just three weeks. That was just a three-week time period where, like, everybody and their mom was calling me, like, five times a day. It was incredible. Um, I'm like, do you talk to Jesus? Because what you're asking me, he would probably just tell you. I mean, it's that easy. You know? um, it's not like, where am I going to put this million-dollar investment? You know, it was just kind of, it was very generalized things, you know. Um, but whatever, you know, I, I fielded it. But... What I say, I'm just there's a little commercial talk here. To Jesus. I, I I was up here and I was like, hey you guys, I'm not Holy Spirit. <laughs> like you can go to God first, and then some of you were literally like this, not telling me major things happen in your life because you didn't want to overwhelm me. That's not what I'm talking. That's not what I'm talking about. This the entire point of all of this, the overarching thing, even over what I'm saying right now, is what is God saying to you? Is God, did God actually ask four people a day to call me for three weeks? No, I promise. Because half the time God was like, you can get that or not, because that's not me. I, I know that. So, um, uh, so with this, okay, God is alive, amen? Amen. He, 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 he's in and through us. Yeah. Ever living to make intercession for us? Yes. We're, we're not just conquerors, we're more than conquerors? Yeah. Okay. Do you know that, what that means? That's what that means? We're more than conquerors to those who are in Christ Jesus. More than conquerors doesn't mean you're a conqueror, but like like a better conqueror. It actually means you're actually more than just a conqueror. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can literally put a just there. You're, you're not just a conqueror. You're, you're so much more than just someone that conquers things. I mean, sure, you'll conquer everything. But the point, though, is you're so much more than that. That's what Paul is saying. Read it. Go back to Romans 8. You, you are more than a conqueror th- in Christ Jesus. More, right? Yeah. Like, conquering lies is not the main event. Amen. It just so isn't. Good. Yeah, lies aren't even supposed to be there in the first place. Yeah. Conquering them isn't the point. I mean, sure, you'll conquer them, whatever. Sure, you'll get healed of incurables. Okay, great. 
Sure, a lot of you will see the dead raised. Okay, that's fine. I'm serious. That's elementary doctrine. That's milk. Speaking of Hebrews here, okay? The book of Hebrews. That's milk. Yeah, fine. You'll actually operate in your authority. Okay. Would you be, like, amazed if, like, you saw a police officer, like, uh, like arresting somebody? No. There's so much more than someone that arrests people. And it's the same thing. You're so much more than just someone that, that like, actually, like, is immune to the lies of the enemy and will conquer every dark thing. Preach it! Are you hearing this? Yeah. Okay, fantastic, good. So, all right. <laughs> I don't know what just happened. <laughs> okay. Uh, can you see why I wish there was 200 people in this room? Yeah. yeah. Like, dude, can you imagine 200 people walking out of here with this? It's just, it's just potent, you know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. All right, we're going to do some declaring. Come up to the front. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I just leave it there. And so, everybody, come up to this guy right here and grab some bread and wine. Do it fast. Yes, Lord. Do it fast, not slow, please. Fast, not slow. Fast, not slow. And when you grab it, move out of the way. There it is. If you're talking, that's cool, but just make sure we're staying in the conversation at hand, okay? We don't want to get out of it. We want to stay here. This is really important. Yes. Yeah. Talk, it's cool, but make sure the talk is what we're talking about. We're declaring. Yes. Come on. Oh, darn. Got tons of rhythm. You guys remember Homestar Runner? Yes. Yeah, I broke my own rule. Um, Remember, uh, one of them is like strong, sad, or something? Yes. Yeah. And like, somebody was like, hey, make sure you stay on beat. Well, he said this line, and Katie loved it so much, she would just laugh every time she heard it. And she had, she had a Zenga account. Remember, remember Zenga accounts? No. Before MySpace? Yeah. So, um, yeah, her, her, her name was Tons of Rhythm. <laughs> and Strong Sad was like, oh, sure, I've got tons of rhythm. <laughs> and Katie just thought that was hilarious. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so this is what we're going to do. Uh, we all got, no, yeah, we're, 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 almost, we're almost trucking down the line here. We're almost here. You got, you got one of these? You got one of these? Okay, well, while, while, while they're still grabbing this, for all of you who might have been here a few times or whatever, I'm still going to say it again. I don't care. This is culture, you guys. When you're taking communion, you're not supposed to remember your sin. Did you know that? Yeah. yeah. It's not supposed to happen, okay? Yeah. Jesus doesn't remember your sin. That's right. So why would we? Yeah. You know what taking communion in an unworthy manner means? It was a very specific thing with the Corinthian church. They were actually showing up to get drunk and get full on bread and wine. That's what they said, to not eat it in, a worthy, in an unworthy manner. It doesn't mean you can't take communion when you're hungry. It just means to not just walk into a church and eat a whole bunch of bread and wine just so you get drunk and full. To actually discern the body and blood of Christ. You know what the word discern means? To understand, to see for what it is. It's good. This is blood and flesh. I mean, this is bread and wine, but I'm saying in heaven. Yeah. There's something happening on a spirit level, okay? This is not transubstantiation, okay? This is not Catholic doctrine where this turns into actual blood and muscle tissue. The Nicene Creed says that somebody, you can actually, actually cut somebody's head off if they say it's not. Okay, we'll cut my head off because it's not. Um, <laughs> um, this is actually what Luther had a massive problem with, this transubstantiation. Um, one, of, one of the problems he had. Um, had a lot of problems. Um, Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so here we are. We have the greatest gift ever given to us. Christ died and raised from the dead. Right? The greatest gift ever given in the universe. Christ died and rose from the dead. Not just died for our sins, 
rose from the dead. It's very important. Because Paul even said, we preach Christ risen. If he hasn't risen, we are still in our sins. Yes, he died on the cross for our sins, but he completed it by raising from the dead. Come on. That's what did it. The power of the resurrection. Okay? Resurrection life. That is ours. Yeah. Right. We're going to declare a few things. Close your eyes. Repeat after me if you believe it. You ready? Yeah. I am not alone. I am not alone. God isn't in a hurry to clean me up. God isn't in a hurry to clean me up. And say it like you mean, you guys. My daddy in heaven loves to cover my faults. My daddy in heaven loves to cover my faults. My faults aren't an emergency to heaven. My faults aren't an emergency to heaven. My faults aren't an emergency to my father in heaven. My faults aren't an emergency to my father in heaven. My faults aren't an emergency to Jesus, my betrothed. My faults aren't an emergency to Jesus, my betrothed. My faults aren't an emergency to Holy Spirit. My faults aren't an emergency to Holy Spirit. One of my best friends. One of my best friends. So my faults aren't an emergency to me. So my faults aren't an emergency to me. My faults are not an emergency to me. My faults are not an emergency to me. All right, let's take it. Take the meeting. Yes, Lord. Come on. David's David. phone. I have his phone. What, what am I doing? I don't know. <laughs> it's 